Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Noir and Note podcast. Disclaimer, none of the comments or opinions expressed in this podcast are meant to trigger, offend, or discredit anyone from any race, gender, creed, or sexual orientation. This podcast is primarily focused on sharing my personal thoughts and experiences with a few dashes of comic relief. Thank you. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, my dudes and does. Welcome to another semi-kind of sort of entertaining edition of Noir Nope. This is Janine here. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend and week, to be honest. Hope you all are getting your vaccines, even if it's something that you don't believe in. You know, just stay away from people. If you don't want to get a vaccine, it's completely your choice. But stay away from people. Keep your six feet and don't be talking up in people's faces not washing your hands if you're so adamant about not getting a vaccine that would be great you know flatten a curb or is it curve it's curve it's curve (laughs) so this happened last week I just wanted to talk about speaking of flattening the curve I just wanted to talk about how insanely just downright disgusting people can be to push your own selfish narratives and desires. And one particular instance happened in Tompkins Square Park last weekend, I believe, last Saturday. Again, I was in a a vaccine fog, so I didn't actually realize that this was happening last Saturday. But the Parks Department investigating this particular packed Tompkins Square Park event And it was a permitted event, but they filed the petition or a permit, excuse me, under the guise of a September 11th memorial. Yeah, I'm reading some of the information from Gothamist.com, just FYI. So these people wanted to throw some ridiculous, hardcore, punk rock music festival in Tompkins Square Park, right? They filed the permit, said, yeah, it's just going to be a September 11th thing, which should have been a red flag right there because it's fucking April when this happened, but May now. So why would you think this had anything to do with September 11th? I digress. They specifically, when they filed the permit, said, oh, this is just going to be like 100 people at the event. It ended up being like 700 people, actually two to 3,000 people, excuse me, estimated attending this event and it was just like a a band a hardcore band playing outdoors but the amount of people who were unmasked by the way attended this headbanger event of some sort so i'm just gonna read a little bit from the actual article despite the fact that new york began allowing musical venues to reopen to limited capacity audiences this month that most venues have been hesitant to resume shows until they can do so at full capacity and without restrictive COVID safety guidelines in place. But Tompkins Square Park came roaring to life this weekend when a group of New York hardcore bands played a massive outdoor show there with an estimated crowd of two to 3,000 people in attendance, well above the maximum amount of people allowed to gather outdoors currently. It was likely the largest city-permitted concert since strict pandemic-related restrictions were imposed in New York back in March of 2020. 
Saturday's concert, which was organized by a Black and Blue production, featured hardcore groups like Madball, Murphy's Law, Blood Clot, and The Captures. It was a free, unticketed event, but the band solicited donations on, Go- on GoFundMe beforehand for the New York City Burn Center Foundation, which they raised over $6,000 altogether. It was the first major show to take place at the park since the pandemic started. There's another hardcore show planned for the park on May 8th. No, featuring Antidote, NYHC, Kings Never Die, and Last Stand. But that show may be in jeopardy now. A parks department spokesperson told Gothamist, this matter is actively being investigated as the permit application filed and agreement appear to have been violated. Future permits are in jeopardy. We reached out to the Parks Department for more information about the permit process. Spokespersons for Mayor Bill de Blasio did not respond to questions. There's a video attached and the article says, as you can see in the video, several of the state's COVID safety guidelines were not followed during the show. No social distancing happening during the show that featured tons of moshing and no distance between performers and audiences. And before you ask, yes, they were. They were non-melanated, but that's besides the point. But that does actually raise a good point. Do you think that they would have gotten a permit if this was like a Black History Month celebration? Do you think they would have gotten a permit if this was a Nelson Mandela type of tribute celebration? Or if this was like a Barack Obama costume contest or something ridiculously or black related, do you think they would have gotten A, would have gotten a permit at all, and B, would have allowed this many people in the park? The answer to both those questions are a big fat no. I personally believe that they would not have gotten a permit if it were in regards to anything like that. But the thing about New York City is, it will really, as terrible as September 11th was, and as many people have died from it, and as horrible of a catastrophe and hit and blow it was to New York City, people will not stop trying to capitalize on it. And people just automatically feel reluctant to do something in regards to it if they see like a september 11th i don't know someone standing on a corner ringing a bell like the salvation army people during christmas but for september 11th instead of you know salvation army they will literally probably dump their whole wallet in there just out of guilt which is crazy to me but I feel like that's mostly New Yorkers just relating to that particular day because everyone that I know can remember specifically what they were doing that day and what exactly were their thoughts and feelings that very moment when they heard about September 11th happening on September 11th. So I don't know their particular reason for actually letting this permit go through And then maybe not checking up on... I don't know if that's what they do. Do they have people from the Parks Department actually 
checking to see if people are maintaining the guidelines stipulated in that permit? I don't know. Well, they should. But I also feel like this is just people who don't suffer as much from the pandemic, aka people who might be Caucasian, who feel like they're invincible and able to do whatever they want. And this is just, it's just a small avenue for it. But if you think about it, the majority of people that I've seen and encountered who are completely and totally not interested in wearing masks or social distancing or not going to events were people who happen to be white, you know? And I feel like they do that because they know they can and not suffer any repercussions. Just like, well, that's the story before this one. I'm not recording this in order, but there's going to be a story not before or after this one that you'll be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I just feel like a lot of people are not taking other people's health and safety in consideration and they don't really care because it doesn't affect them directly and you can sit here and say that might be a stretch it really isn't because it's just people who think they can do whatever they want and being able to do whatever they want due to the fact that they just happen to be of the Caucasian persuasion and they're allowed to just not suffer any repercussions because of it and you know it's like a kid Kids are going to continue to do shit if you don't reprimand them for doing it in the first place. It's like boundaries. It's boundaries. If I personally say to someone, I don't like that you call me by my middle name instead of my first name, call me by my first name. And they continue to do it over and over again. And then they get mad at you for not talking to them anymore or, you know, just not engaging that much. It's it's a boundary that you cross that you were specifically told not to cross. And then you do anyway. And you just apparently find yourself gobsmacked that you suffered some type of repercussion because of it. You know, I don't get it. You know, it's it's a respect thing as well if you just were respectful towards human beings in general you would know not to push boundaries because people who push boundaries are assholes so yeah that's all i have to say about this this happened a week ago so it's probably not even someone or something that someone cares about anymore i just want to give my little two cents This particular incident actually happened in December, but since the person has been prosecuted, it has floated to the surface like a annoying turd. So I'm reading from Business Insider India, and the title of the article reads, An influencer mom who is who accused a Latino couple of trying to kidnap her kids in a store was charged with lying to the police. Her name is Katie Sorensen, accused a a Latino couple, Sadie and Eddie Martinez, I believe, for attempting to kidnap her kids at a craft store and the police investigating 
The incidents say that they found no evidence to support Katie Sorensen's claims. She's now being charged with two misdemeanors for giving false information to the police. I'm not going to really get into this article too much because, again, this happened in December officially. And I'm not trying to get any more recognition to this dummy. So for a little bit of a tidbit, she was in Michael's along with this couple who have five kids, by the way. So I don't know why she thought these people wanted to kidnap her kids. That's a couple more mouths to feed. Like what? They're in Michael's. She overhears the Martinez's talking about a kid that fits the description of her child. She freaks out. She says they either followed her in the store or out in the parking lot. And she also claims that they reached over for her stroller to grab her son. None of which are true. She also stated that they didn't make a purchase in the store and their intent was to kidnap a kid. Another lie because they have them, the couple on CCTV purchasing something at Michael's. So I understand the part where she's like, oh my God, they were talking about my child on the phone. So they were trying to kidnap. Oh my God, that can that you can easily wiggle out of that one because a why would they talk about your child in close proximity to you where you can hear them if they were planning on kidnapping your kid and two your kid is not the only child with i'm assuming blonde hair and blue eyes or just a light colored hair and light colored eyes again people of color are not a monolith they don't all look alike there are so many different characteristics that we possess and Surprisingly, Latino and Latinos can have red hair. They can have blue eyes, green eyes, blonde hair, naturally. And that could be a description of somebody who happens to describe themselves as Latino. So (sighs) it's exhausting. The whole thing is exhausting. It's pathetic. She needs to be prosecuted. And anyone lying about people of color in general need to be prosecuted. This is a little bit of a breath of fresh air because a lot of people who do this to black people and people of color don't suffer consequences, especially from the legal aspect. So this is wonderful. I know that's probably a horrible thing to say, but at the end of the day, she played a stupid game. She won a stupid prize. And now no one is going to kidnap her kid, but they're her kid is going to ultimately end up without a mom because their mom is batshit crazy. Sucks to be you. So Daniel Kalua, most people would recognize him for his role in Queen and Slim. Others may recognize him for his recent role that he won Best Supporting Actor in, Judah and the Black Messiah, where he portrayed the Black Panther leader, Fred Hampton, who was unfortunately murdered at the age of 21. Had an amazing night. Again, won Best Supporting Actor, gave him apparently an amazing speech. But he went through the same thing a lot of people of color go through when they work in a predominantly white world, which is get confused with the other person of color that happens to be working in the same environment. Even though they don't look anything alike, and even if they did, 
that's a different story. Let's move on. I'm reading excerpts from thecut.com that was originally posted April 26th and the article is titled, This video of Daniel Kaluuya at the Oscars is painful to watch. Last night, Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars for his memorable portrayal of Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah. Accepting the award, he gave a standout speech in which he spoke briefly but indelible effect but to indelible effect about his parents' sex life. In short, it was an unforgettable occasion all around. But then came the media Q&A, during which one member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association sounded conspicuously hazy on the details of Kalua's win. I'm saying Kalula, but it's Kaluya, like hallelujah. Anyways. Identifying herself as a longtime fan of Kaluuya's work, South African journalist Margaret Gardner asked the actor a question apparently intended for another of the nominees in his category. After congratulating Kaluuya and noting that she has been, quote, following him since the beginning of his career, end quote, she asked, I was wondering what it meant to you to be directed by Regina. What this means for you at the time with the world and the state that it's in. <clears throat> Regina King directed One Night in Miami, a movie Kaluuya was not in, although his fellow Best Supporting Actor nominee Leslie Odom Jr. was. Kaluuya looked understandably confused and he asked Gardner to repeat the question, which she did. I was wondering what it meant for your win with the world in the state that it's in at the moment. The phrasing not being very specific, Kaluya responded, it's amazing to have this honor and to be appreciated in this way. And Gardner came back with another question. Does it mean something to the community though? As the clip circulated on social media, many people who watched it felt they had just seen Gardner mix up two black actors in the same breath as she commended one for his award-winning work. Indeed, judging by the change in Kaluuya's fe facial expressions just after Gardner said, directed by Regina, when he turned his head to one side and blinked a beat, when his eyes widened in apparent realization, it certainly looked like he interpreted the question this way too. Gardiner, or however you pronounce her stupid last name, however, denies that was her intention. On Monday afternoon, she hopped on Twitter to address the backlash, writing, Daniel Kaluuya, I did not mistake you for Leslie Odom Jr. I'm sorry if it seemed that way. I had wanted to ask about Regina King not being nominated as a director for One Night in Miami and your win for Judah, Judas and the Black Messiah for the community at the time. And the replies other users pointed out that the question she had asked Kaluuya was about his experience working with King as his director. Gardner issued a follow-up tweet using Daniel's name as a hashtag. There was sound issues, so I dropped the part about Regina King and restated my question, she wrote. What does it mean for the community at this time when listed to the audio? I do understand, but there was no confusion. And yet, for many, confusion persisted. The HFPA has exactly zero black men members, 
And just last week, it emerged that the association's former president recently emailed his colleagues an article that described Black Lives Matter as a, quote, racist hate movement. The HFPA connection was not lost on commenters, but when the cut reached for Gardiner's comment, she stressed that she had misspoken. She claimed she meant to ask Kaluuya how he felt about King being overlooked for Best Actor and how it felt to win in the moment of diverse, of the most diverse Oscars ever for a movie about race in America, but that the sentence came out wrong. I'm going to stop reading. There's only a little bit left. The sentence came out wrong because you didn't mean for it to be said the way you said it. The sentence came out wrong because what you said is what you meant. You confuse him with Leslie Odom Jr., even though they do not look alike whatsoever. They have completely but almost similar career paths. Leslie Odom Jr., from what I know, predominantly did Broadway stuff, and now he's doing, like, you know, movies, which is great. I love Leslie Odom Jr. His Christmas album that he came out with last year or the year before, oh my god, so good, so good. But moving on. What really pissed me off is that she didn't come to the realization that she confused two black men who were in the same work field and just didn't apologize. Was like, oh shit, my bad. Sorry. You know, I, it's been a long day. You can, you could have even said that it's been a long day. I was just a little confused. All the lights. I was so excited. It's the Oscars. Oh my God. You could have said that, but no, you want to backtrack and say, oh no, that's not what I meant. I don't think all black people look like my best friend is black. And of course she doesn't speak like that because she's South African, but you know what I mean? You tried to actually make an excuse for the fact that you made a mistake instead of owning up to the mistake, which I hate when people do that. When I fuck up, I'm like, shit, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm not like, shit, well, well, it was because of this and, uh, and the, that, and it was just, it was everyone else's fault. And I was just trying to, she tried to make it a lot deeper than it was. And it was not deep at all. She was basically a fuck up. She, and no disrespect to people who were in pageants, but she was like a former Miss South Africa or something like that. She did the pageant circuit. And this is not a good look because there's always that little bit of a stereotype when it comes to women who compete in pageants that they're not the brightest bulb in the Dollar Tree. And I just personally hate people who don't do research before they do anything. I may be a little guilty of doing that sometimes, but the Virgo in me will not let me do that completely. It's just like, no... You Google this for the next 25 minutes, get your shit together, then present it. It doesn't make any sense that everyone's walking around with a fucking computer essentially in their pocket. And apparently you can't do a quick Google search and be like, okay, all right, all right. Okay. So Leslie Alone Jr. is someone totally different. Daniel Kaluuya, he is actually in Judas in the Black Messiah. And okay, okay, okay. You can't do that. You can't. Like, really? And this is something that happens a lot. Like the article stated, 
first of all, the organization that she represented is already racist. So boom, there you have it. But also working in a predominantly white environment and there's only few people of color and they just happen to be the same ethnicity or color you get confused with the other person all the time it happens to me let's a little scenario there's this girl i'm gonna just name her claire um i know for a fact that she is on drugs but that's a different story um i would always see her during work this tiny tiny blonde-haired, big, doe-eyed white girl. And she's like, hey, nice seeing you again. Didn't you work blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Where the fuck I work, bitch? What is wrong with you? I didn't say that, but you know. And she's like, oh, yeah, I could have swore you worked blah, blah, blah. And I knew exactly who she was talking about. There's another girl named, let's call her Angelica, who I worked with a lot, who we are both black women, obviously our attitudes are different and I'm gonna be honest with you I never wear the same type of hair twice (laughs) so people are also confused by that because I love to make my hair look totally different from week to week I think me doing a TWA what I'm doing currently is probably the longest I've kept my hair in one style but um she was confusing me with the other black girl who works a lot of events who honestly only looks similar to me because we have big brown eyes and maybe our monotone way of speaking is similar but that's about it so I was just like oh. and she's done this a couple of times I just tried not to talk to her too much because for many reasons but also because she dabbles in nose candy and that's a story for a different time if you want me to talk about my work experiences and how I've dealt with people and their issues <laughs> but it just goes to show you that there needs to be more diversity within all work environments whether you're an actor whether you're a singer whether you're a dancer whether you're whatever you do there needs to be more diversity and also people white mostly do your research on the actor that you're going to be asking questions because these two acclaimed actors are completely different people it's so I would say I'm embarrassed for her but I'm not because she has access to all the information in the world just like the rest of us and she still couldn't get it right don't call this woman a journalist she's a bitch with a mic and I don't I really don't want to be going around using a bitch word when it comes to women but I just feel like it's kind of a rude thing to do it's a very rude thing to do honestly these ugh, it just pisses me off that people just confuse other people of color that are clearly clearly two different people and it's not like black people are a monolith either we are all multifaceted we are unique in each and every type of way and it just pisses me off that there are white people out there that still get confused by us just because we happen to be in the same workspace it's like you know it you know what it does? 
it makes me seem or it makes it seem as if well obviously you think we're all one and the same but you literally did not get to know that person of color because if you sat down and talked to someone you would get to know their personality and you could differentiate them from the other black person or person of color that works in the office because if you really cared about people and spoke to people and conversed with people they would leave an impression on you and then you would know that this person is completely different from the other person of color in your workspace but no you're I don't want to say narcissistic but you're someone who is a little bit too involved in your own world to open up and see and speak to people of color and know that there are differences between the two. It's just, ugh. It's disgusting. It really is disgusting. I hope Twitter, I don't have Twitter. I hope Twitter flamed her ass because it's just no reason. And I mostly feel sorry for Daniel because obviously he had this great night, won this award, had an amazing speech. And then here comes South African Becky coming in and giving the proverbial, what is it called? The price right, price is right horn that gave that horn for the rest of the night. And it's just like, I was having a good night too. And then all of a sudden this happens. I hope that it didn't dull any of the shine that he was experiencing that night. That award is completely well-deserved. That movie was really great. I'm always fascinated about British actors who can spot on with their American accent because it never is good the other way around. I can't just walk around with a British accent without looking like a clown. But besides the accent, he was just great in that movie. And unfortunately, Fred Hampton himself didn't get to see it, but his significant other and his child have probably gave kudos to Daniel himself. So it's just an annoying situation, honestly. But the word went to someone who completely and totally deserved it. So can't be mad at that, but I will be mad at South African Becky. this week's episode of noir and nope feel free to come back next week same time same place until then have a great week everyone